Hello, and welcome to episode 201 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we've got some uh, limited impressions, and uh, Carson has got a rant all chambered up, ready to go about <laughs> stuff. So if you like ranty Carson, we got you. Got you covered. Now his voice, his voice is apparently going out a little bit, so... He might yeah, not we'll be able to holds out. He might not be able to go full Lewis Black on this rant, but we'll see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, it broke up on me a little bit this morning, so hopefully it holds out for the show. So yeah. yeah. If you want to get at us on social media, like all of those links are in the description below. Discord, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh Discord is probably the number one place to interact with us. Mm-hmm. Yep, we monitor it pretty much all the time. Um also, our YouTube channel. We've got a bunch of stuff coming out on YouTube. Brian, you're making some uh, limited content over mm-hmm. there. You can also watch this show over there, a live version where you can look at our smiling faces. And I got some stuff coming out on Tuesdays now. I'm going to try to try to keep up with it. Yeah. Um, some constructed, like, funzy stuff. Nothing nothing super serious, super competitive. But We're going we're gonna to try to have something come out every weekday. Yeah. Supposed to be consistent on YouTube, and then <laughs> and then once we get the consistency down, then we'll make thumb, thumbnails with our faces on them, which is apparently the other thing we have to do. Oh, we need we need our faces on the thumbnails. You need to have like the stupid like face thumbnail, like that is oh. like a way to make your thumbnails better. Is you have to have like the thumbnail like react face or something, like um, I don't know, like you got a Macaulay Culkin it, like. I wasn't aware of that. Oh, yeah. Like, All right. I'll have to work on that. Then. Yeah, I got to work on getting some, like, I keep thinking, like, <laughs> I need to, like, take some, like, some thumbnail pictures, but then I'm just like, nah, I've got my little yeah. Canva, my little <laughs> Canva thing I can just change. But yeah, you're yeah. supposed to have your face. That's the other thing. That's what Mr. Beast does. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to work on that then. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, other than that, there's a, if you're looking to support the show and you like the content that we do there's a couple different ways you can support us the first is with our tcg player affiliate link tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com follow that link on over to tcg player Um, anything you purchase after that doesn't matter how much you browse around uh, we will get a portion of to help keep the show going we would appreciate that something you can do kind of for free i mean you're going to be buying product anyway so you might as well use our link and help us out Uh, Mm -hmm. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can use our Patreon, patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. You can chip a couple bucks in. uh, You you get access to our show notes every week. You get access to a whole nother show with us, our pre-show we record for you guys and post it up for the patrons. So you get to listen to that. And when I have cool stuff to send out, um, you get put on my mailing list so I can send some stuff out to you. This next one might be a little bit late. Um, kind of ties into my rant a little bit uh but the last round i had some tokens made and uh it takes a while to get them printed and the program that i used to make them is now no longer available so has been ceased and desisted yeah awkward very awkward yeah so next round might be a little bit late but it is coming so if you guys want to get in on any of that if it sounds appealing to you or if you just like the work that we do and you want to chip a couple bucks in to support us we'd really appreciate that patreon.com slash casual tryhard mtg yes we got anything else going on we got to tackle before we get into the show i don't think so so let's talk about our limited impressions 
Yeah, so, how about them limited impressions? I think that the first thing I would say is the format feels a little samey. Like, I feel like a, a lot of the decks are very similar. Yeah. Right? Like, you're so incentivized to go big that... The like, archetypes don't super matter. Yeah, they don't really matter. It's like, can you cast, like, this 8-drop in your deck? Yeah. When we went over the um, the limited archetypes in our mechanics episode, or I guess not the mechanics episode, but part one of our set review mm-hmm. episode, you know, we had kind of talked about, like, blue-black is draw two cards, and, you know, white-black is like power three or less or whatever it is but like none of that stuff matters because every color combination just wants to get to like seven or eight mana and jam a big thing yeah now i have lost to like uh my opponent played like the three four mythic that like makes uh soldiers whenever it attacks even whatever soldiers you control mm-hmm. and then they cast the six mana make four soldiers and then attacked me yeah and That's then the next good. turn they played the five drop that gives all your creatures uh, mana value three or less plus one plus oh it attacked me for like 25 ouch yeah so like it can happen i've been run over like once or twice but for the most part everything just feels like hey like you got to get the seven or eight and then play like whatever big things you drew Mm -hmm. it also has this like weird vibe of like and i think i said this for other sets too it is very much modern magic where it's like you never run out of things to do with your mana. You right. never run out of cards because like if you don't have cards in your hand, don't worry. You mm-hmm. have cards in your graveyard that you can like spend your mana on. Well, and, typically, like in a limited environment, we have like a cycle of cards, like the, the invokers, mm-hmm. where it's like a low mana value creature with like a huge mana value activated ability. Um, in this set, the blue one is like two and a blue for like a two, five, two, three or whatever. And it's seven, seven draw two cards, draw two cards. But like with all the power stones, I mean, that seven man is trivial. It is. Like that card draws so many cards. <laughs> I've not played with or against it. Maybe I should prioritize it. Um, uh, but you also just have like, there's always something with unearth in your graveyard Right. And like some of the unearth creatures also draw you cards. Mm-hmm. And it's that, just um, the is it power plant worker is the big one, the five mana one mm-hmm. that you could dump mana into. Yeah. Like that's a perfectly fine mana sink. Mm-hmm. That card's not embarrassing. I think it's I don't know if it's actively good, but it's I'm not sad to have to include it in a deck. I think that like the aggressive archetypes have a hard time. Because there's a lot of incidental life gain in this format. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm a huge fan of Boulder Branch Golem. Yep. Like, it just, like, stabilizes you. Instantly. When it's a four drop or when it's a seven drop. Yep. And it's just like, okay, I guess I just get to uh, uh, gain, like, three life and I have a three three. I guess I will, like, nullify an attack by gaining three life and then eat one of your attackers next turn. And then yep. that gets me closer to casting my second one and gaining six life. Yep. And like, you know, nullifying like an entire combat step. Yep. And, and like to to kind of expand upon your incident on the life gain thing, like your colorless two mana two one, 
like incidentally has tap, tap gain, gain life. life on it. Mm-hmm. Like that card's not embarrassing to play either. No, like you can it it's a two one. It trades for something. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what you want your two drop to do. Is and like, it goes in any deck because it's colorless. Yeah. Like, can you please trade with something? And he's like, sure. And if I can't, I'll just gain you a life. And I say, thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. Good job. Um, the best little mind worker. Yeah. Also, uh, is it Mask of the Jade Crafter? Oh, that card's a house. That card's amazing. I got like two of my first draft. And I was like, I think this card is good. I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm getting it so late. And it is just bonkers. It's just a two for one. Right, a bunch of these cards are just like full on or secret two for ones. I've not, I've drafted four times, and I've talked about in my videos like Scrapwork Rager. Mm-hmm. Like that card is uh, Frexian Rager. Yep. For one extra mana, but it's colorless, so it goes in anything. Any deck. And then you unearth it and you get another card. So it is like a divination attached to a creature it's kind of like super expensive mole drifter mm-hmm. and like if you can just trade it for something when you play like here's my two two that drew me a card block trade for anything i'm gonna six turns later when i don't have anything to do i guess i'll pay for life and get a pay for mana get a card back yep. attack you or like god forbid you have like synergies like you have the sky fisher spider and you're like uh oh, well I will get this back and feed it to my spider and kill a thing. Yeah. Right. There's just all this little like, uh, like value spots to go around. So like the actual cards that were designed to be in this limited environment, mm-hmm. all kind of skew go big. Yep. And the format feels like glacially slow. Like one of the slower formats we've played in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super bomb-heavy, mm-hmm. which incentivizes a late game. And there's a bunch of catch-up mechanisms, which incentivize a late game. Um, and, like, there's lots of ramp that incentivizes a late game. And, like, the five mana make three power stones? Oh, you just gain three life while you're at it. Cool, thanks. Yeah. So I don't die before I get to then cast my nine drop. Right. That, like, stabilizes the board. Or my seven drop that gains me six life and stabilizes the board, which is a common. Mm-hmm. Like, I had two of those and an obstinate payoff. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to gain, like, a ton of life this game. Like, good luck trying to kill me. Like, I'm going to gain 16. Can you kill me twice? Yeah. And it's like, nah, I probably can't kill you twice. Excellent. Correct answer. Um, But, yeah, like, so everything just feels big, which is, like, I'm usually down for that, but I think we both said that, like, this format hasn't, like, grabbed us yeah, and been like, oh, man, like, I want to, like, do another draft. I'm very much being like, I'm going to play this, like, C-level PlayStation game that I have as opposed to, like, do this format, partly because, like, it's so slow that, like, doing a draft a lot of times, you're, like, committing, like, at least, like, an hour and a half yeah. Like, I've had hour and 45-minute drafts to go 4-3. Yeah. And it's just, like, this is, like, forever taking. Like, why is mm-hmm. this so long? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So, that's a little weird yeah. as well. The other thing. Oh, the other thing. 
is so they put 63? I guess we only get 62 or something because they don't get Mistress Bubble. Well, so I think Mistress Bubble was supposed to be included for draft purposes, but it wasn't coded that way. So yeah. it's just not on Arena. Yeah. I think you can craft it. Well, it's not legal anywhere. Oh, is it not legal in Historic Brawl? I don't think so. I don't okay. think it's legal anywhere. Okay. Um, I think it was supposed only to be included for the draft environment. And they messed that up. They're like, whoopsie. Yeah. Uh, so I have lost more games to infuriating BS that yeah. is not in the set than I have, like, to cards in the set. Like, I think if you, like, put my, like, if you looked at my drafts that, like, got beat by Swift Foot Boots or, like, dumb weird combo that, mm-hmm. like, came together from two cards not in the set versus, like, me losing two cards that were, like, designed for this limited environment, I would say of my, like, 12 losses, six of them are just the, like, dumb things not in the set. Yeah. Now, we had Strixhaven that also had, like, this weird extra set within a set. I don't super remember Strixhaven Limited. Was it kind of the same way? Where There there were a few that were, like, man, you open, like, whatever bomby card, and now, like, you're now I'm in a world of hurt. But there weren't any that were, like... I think as oppressive and like it didn't feel like they were as frequent. Maybe they were, but it just like, it feels like there are so, so many of these. Yeah. I mean, I think there was one in every pack for Strixhaven too. Okay. It, it didn't feel like that. Maybe because some of them were like as impactful. Part of the problem is when you're in Strixhaven, the spell slot number one only accounts for a small portion of your deck. Like you're not playing, you're playing, you know, 15 to 18 creatures and then, you know, a significantly less number of spells. So there's not a large portion of your deck that can include those. And then on top of that, they're colored. So Mm -hmm. like that spell slot is spread across five colors. Whereas in this set, they're all colorless. So just every one of them can go in every single deck. So it's like everyone that you see has a possibility of getting played in your deck because they're just colorless. Which might, like, make it feel like there's more of them in there. Yeah, it... It might just be that you have, um... Uh... That that it is that, that it feels like you're just seeing them... I'm seeing them more because, um... Uh... It, it'll be, uh, well, okay, so here we go. In the 15 card limited packs, where's the table? Okay. So in either pack, the slot can be a common, oh, 67, uncommon 67% rare. Okay. So I guess they were in every pack. But yeah, you just yeah. don't see them as much. But like, there were definitely times where like, it felt like you lost to the mythic ones more. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if somebody got like a natural order. They also had to get, like, a thing to natural order into or, like, a channel. Right. Right? And, like, what what did you channel into in that format? Like, nothing. Right. Right? And here, like, some of the cards are just, like, win conditions. Like, Swift Foot, foot Boots is, like, an abomination. 
Like, I have just lost games that, like, I, like, played two reach blockers, and my opponent was like, removal spell, removal spell, put Swift Foot Boots on the Dragon Engine, and then every turn it was just, like, dump 10 mana into the dra- Flying Dragon Engine guy. Yeah. And, like, hit you for six, hit you for six. I'm just like, I I have two removal spells in my hand, I just can't kill this thing. Right. Or you said you got uh, Platinum Angel twice? Yeah, with, with Swift Foot Boots. Good yeah, luck like, uh, taking care of that in this format. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, um, I had someone looping Elsewhere Flask with Crap Trawler. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, like they'd sack the flask, block with Scrap Trawler, get the flask back, play the flask, sack it, buy back the Scrap Trawler some way, block with Scrap yeah. Trawler, get. Th- I'm just like, oh. This is awful. Or like yeah. Staff of Domination. I've not played against that, but it's just dumb. So like... And, um, it, what are the modes on Staff of Domination? It's untap itself, like untap, untap itself, permanent, do a damage, draw a card, something like that? It's like untap itself, tap something, un, uh, draw a card, and then something else. Okay. So like with enough mana, you can just like... In this format, mana is not an issue. Right. Right. You can just be like, you know, draw a card or two every turn. Yeah. Or like tap down their thing, untap staff, draw a card. I think that's yeah. like eight mana to do that. And like I've definitely had eight mana laying around multiple times. So yeah, I don't know. It's it just feels like the the frequency that they show up just feels like it comes down to like uh, I compared it to like cube, where like yeah. did you open soul ring? Neat. You get to right. like have the best deck at the table if you like have any semblance of a reasonable deck. And yeah. this a lot of time feels Def like untap something. Also, I thought that I had somebody go infinite with it against me. Um, the it, so it's pay one to untap it, pay two and tap it to gain a life, pay three and tap it to untap a creature. Four and tap it to tap a creature. Five and tap it to draw a card. Oh, like the with um, the the thing that like taps for to add green equal to its power. Yeah. Oh, uh, if you make like yeah. you can make it. It taps for if you if it like has six power, you just like can go. Yeah. Or no, you just need four power or something. Uh, f- five. Four. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And you just like four. get to make infinite mana. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like that, I don't know, it just feels like blah. Like, it feels like you're, like, if you, like, if your Mystical Archive slot or whatever these are called, right, are, like, if you, like, got an Ornithopter, Mm -hmm. like, hey, I got a blank in what could have been the best card in my deck. Right. Right? Like, it almost feels bad, like, taking a rare from the set. Could have had a Worm Coil Engine. Yeah, or, like, some of the uncommons in that slot are like, oh, like I can just Foundry like, Inspector. Foundry makes Inspector. every card in the format cheaper. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just, I don't know. It just feels bad. Again, Swift Foot Boots. Like, just yeah. I can't say Swift Foot Swift Foot Boots. I can't say it. But that card <laughs> is just like, oh, hey, you can't interact. Neat. Yeah. Or you basically you need two removal spells. You need to kill the equipment and then kill the thing the equipment was attached to. 
Right. And it's like, am I going to have that? Oh, we had talked about before the format started. Um, if you could main deck just enchantment removal or sorry, artifact removal, like I think disenchant is premium removal in this format. The four mana sorcery speed one. I Exile, think the green removal. one, the three yeah. and a green. Yeah, yeah, no, I've gotten like rocked by it. And it's just like, oh, like yeah. it doesn't. Not only can <clears throat> you, I think you have to. Yeah, I've I've done a bad job of that in my drafts. Like I've talked about it, but then just like not done it. But like I think that yeah, like those are probably better than the um like the power stone fracture or like the black mm-hmm. removal spell that like gets cheaper for your Well, I mean it it depends. The black it's ones a, are pretty good. They are, but in, in the right deck, like the black ones are actively better. Mm-hmm. But like the red one that's like three mana blow something up blow up an artifact and then if it was cmc one you get to like draw a card or something that like, can't be countered like race yeah, to the ground that's better than the black removal is in most draft formats fair yeah so yeah i think that like because you do end up with these decks that are like i keep ending up with decks that are like 12 artifacts Mm -hmm. and like you know 10 other 10 non-artifacts or 11 non-artifacts yeah right like your destroy target artifact hits like half your opponent's deck yeah and also dear listener i ran the experiment for you it doesn't matter if you have 13 artifacts in your deck forging the anchor always misses (laughs) always just don't don't, like I've just paid three mana to look at the like bottom six cards or five cards of my deck. Don't do it. Yeah, I've I've run that experiment for you. Yeah, but yeah, I know, th- it seems like the, because the format's super bomb heavy, um, the removal is better than normal, or mm-hmm. like the removal is more important than normal because yeah. you're just if you don't have removal, you're just going to lose to whatever bomb your opponent resolves. And because the removal is better, it makes like like we were just talking about those odds and ends like disenchant or blow up an artifact or whatever, like those cards go up in value. So like were I to still be interested in playing limited, I think I would probably start with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, and then just take whatever whatever bomb you end up with. Yeah, like-, like there's so many of them, you're going to end up with something. Yeah, it might very well be that, like, as I continue to draft, it might be that, like, Disenchant just becomes, like, first pickable. Weird. I don't know if it's necessarily first pickable, but it's up there. Yeah, like, but it's we're, first half of pickable for sure. Yeah, we're, we're, like, you know, if you have, like, a, let's say, a so-so rare and then, like, a bunch of, like, gold uncommons and you're just like, I can just take Disenchant and, like, this is perfectly fine. This, like kills the white removal spell the the uh pacifism Mm -hmm. it kills almost every mythic right the blue removal spell it kills all the mythics that like get played right and the colorless mythics if you right they're colorless you're putting them in your deck right right even if they have like an off-color prototype cost you're just like, fine, I'm going to get to eight mana anyway. 
Yep. I don't care. Like, I don't need to prototype it. Yep. So, like, they play their, you know, 990, and you're just like, okay, I'll pay two mana and kill it. Mm-hmm. And because of how expensive everything is, like, even the four mana sorcery speed green spell trades up on mana. A lot of time, yeah. Right? Like, And it gets around on Earth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have... I have noticed that, like, I've done a, I, like, have done a bad job of drafting, like, you know, good artifact and enchantment removal. I've taken good creature removal, mm-hmm. but then just been, like, been, like, man, I could have probably got this other spell, like, you know, later. Like, I could have got this, like, artifact removal spell could have taken care of this stupid Staff of Domination or, yeah. uh... Again, my, the bane of my is, is ex- existence, swift foot, foot boots, and I can't say it still. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a doctor uh, who has marbles in his mouth, apparently. But, yeah, I it doesn't seem like, and we've talked about this, it doesn't seem like there's like an aggressive deck that I've really seen. Yeah. I've like I've gotten like run over-ish by like black red that like... Uh, junkyard genius to me mm-hmm. um but then i've also like easily beaten the black red junkyard genius deck where it's just like oh like you didn't have enough things to like be able to attack okay like this yep. doesn't matter it ran out of juice before or yeah it ran out of juice before you played your seven drop or whatever yeah exactly stable. like yeah. like they got you to like eight and you're like i'll be at 14 with a six five and they're like oh mm. yep can't ever beat that. that. That's a problem. Uh, I guess I'll give my two guys menace, and it's like, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I guess I'll take four or six or whatever, and I'll be back at eight, and I'll play another one. Now what do yeah. you do? And they're just like, oh, I... Uh. So, yeah, like, it seems like those decks kind of have the tools to get under you, but, like, if you focus on, like, hey, I'm going to... Uh, Make sure I draft some two drops that can block. Then you're fine. Yeah. Right. You're able. I actually to... kind of like that. Uh, the black two drop. That's a two one that gets a counter when you mm-hmm. sack something. Like that guy. Not uncommonly turns into like a six five just throughout the course of a normal game. Yeah. No. I've definitely had them get get big on me and just been like, oh, this is a pain. Yeah. This is no good. But for the most part, like, I've lost to, like, blue-white soldiers where they've just played, like, a bunch of flyers or had, like, um, they had the guy that, like, when it enters, you can return a a creature to your hand. Mm -hmm. And they had the three drop that, like, mills three and, like, puts it so, like, they were like, oh, like, play my three drop, bounce it, and, like, they were able to accrue value and they just only had flyers. And I was like, well, my army of little nerds, um, giant guys on the ground can't keep up with all these flyers. Mm-hmm. But, like, that wasn't, like, they had, like, the soldier keyword or the soldier, right. like, type. But it wasn't a soldier deck. It was just blue-white flyers. Yeah. So, like, as of right now, like, I feel like the aggressive decks kind of missed. Yeah, maybe I that'll mean, same change. Thing, like with the tempo decks, like I don't think that the tempo decks are. I've certainly played against some good, like blue red with the the new young pyromancer, third path um, iconoclast. 
Yeah, but I don't think they're they're not as good as playing an eight drop. I've been terrified that people were gonna like play the uh, two mana like mana leak and a creature or artifact mm-hmm. spell, and I've just not seen it. Yeah, like I've not had anyone res- like I've just like I just kind of like tap seven mana with impunity. Like it's just uh-huh. n- nothing's ever been countered. Yeah. And like maybe there are the tools for like the blue white flyery deck where you're just like I have like three of these and like I'm gonna eat your seven drop and um, win the game I that think way. That's more of the blue black control deck. There is definitely like one hundred percent a blue black control deck. Mm-hmm. Because you have um what's the the blue part of the corrupt cycle, the one that like draws cards equal to the number of islands you control. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but yeah. It like that card's a house. And and you have corrupt, mm-hmm. which is like a way to close out a limited game in a hurry. Especially when you have something like Elsewhere Flask that can like turn all of your lands into swamps. Yeah. Um the, But the... yeah, Urza's rebuff is a card that like if it's not a counter spell for a threat, it buys you a turn and taps a couple things down. The um, the black draw two, lose two, or give neg one, neg one mm-hmm. to the team. Like that's that's a perfectly reasonable magic card, and it's I think it's good in this limited mm-hmm. format. So like I think that deck has a lot of tools too. It's a little bit harder to put together because the pieces don't like super jump out at you while you're drafting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that deck is certainly there also. I've also, like, I've only seen one, like, trigger for drawing a second card. No, I've only I've only played 24 games, but I've only yeah. seen one trigger for draw your second card this turn. Um, it's really not that hard to turn on. There's enough stuff that loots. Mm-hmm. Um, Urza and Mishra, the uncommon ones, both loot. And I think the, the uncommon Urza is good. Yeah. Um, and then you have um, it's a stern lesson is the blue three drop. Yeah, yeah, divination type thing. Draw to um, make a power stone, discard a card. Yeah, and then but, like I said earlier, the uh, the one that's like a seven mana activate ability, draw mm-hmm. two cards. Like that's not not unheard of to be activated. But like I, said, um, I just, don't know that the payoffs for that deck are are worth it. But yeah, like I've just not seen it. Like yeah, it's just like. I've, you know, I've played a reasonable amount and it's like, I've seen that trigger happen like once and it's like, oh, did they like super miss with this? Yeah. Um, Though the blue-black uncommon for that set, like if they ever give blue a blue or white another good vehicle, like mm-hmm. that is like the perfect like Esper Greasefang kind of card. Yeah. Where it's like, now I have Rafine's Informant and this thing, like I'm always going to be looting on on two and it like works really well with uh what's he called the the bird guy ledger shredder mm-hmm. right yep. you play this you loot the next turn you're like ledger shredder uh and then like cast another spell and like oh no i have a three three but because uh uh blue there's not another like there's not a uh what is it called? a zekish chariot type vehicle Right. You don't get that, but that card's just like floating around, like, "Hey, I'm I'm pretty good." So, yeah, I think the format will probably change to 
make because it seems like there are the tools mm-hmm. to maybe be tempo or controlling. Maybe everyone just now is like, I go big, but like I don't know how you go little and have it like not just be outclassed. Well, I, like I think the the space is there for the control deck to be good because nobody's going little. Like if everyone's just trying to cast their seven, eight, nine mm-hmm. drops, like you said, that the two mana mana leak gets gets pretty good when people are casting eight drops. Yeah, and like a three mana counter spells not that bad when you're trading for An eight seven drop. mana worth of stuff. Yeah, like I just I've just been surprised that I haven't seen it happen. Yeah. So I had one that I did all right with. I think it was a four three deck. Um and I feel like they got there with the green black deck. Like Yeah, the, finally. Yeah, the green black graveyard matter deck is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they they really tried to like we try to make this not suck and they they well, did a pretty good job. I mean, like that spider is pretty pushed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The spider uh if you watch one of my drafts, you can be green black without the spider. <laughs> no, no, I I had someone who had three spiders plus two emergency welds, yeah. and I was just like, make it stop, make it stop. <laughs> like every time I resolve something, it just got spidered. I was like, oh my gosh, the spider ate like five things, and they had clay revenants. Yeah, so they were just looping. And I was just like, God, this is awful. It doesn't matter what I do. There's always a spider. The yep. The two three uh, hoarding recluse with death mm-hmm. touch, I've been impressed with that card. Mm-hmm. Right, it's just like it's right, like, spell. yeah, it trades with all like the giant things. Mm-hmm. It like lets you get an unearthed card out of their graveyard, or like put a good card like back into your deck, especially like, if you have like an evolving wild to shuffle it in. But like that card is just like solid. It's like, oh, like I wouldn't, I, I want one of these because if they play a flyer, like I need to be able to deal with it, and that's a good way to be able to deal with it. So that card has been pretty good. Yep. I can't think of anything else that jumped out at me. Again, other than like just look at your old border slot because there's a chance that it is better than anything else that you uh, that you have in mm-hmm. your pack. So just keep that in mind. Yep. So if that's it for limited, are we going to move on to the rant? Oh, we can wind you up and let you go. Well, you can jump in too. Okay. I'll come in off the top rope. The elbow, the <clears throat> elbow's ready. Okay. So what the hell is Wizards doing? I what? have no idea. They don't know. Uh, oh, they certainly have a plan. Um, I think the plan is to incinerate any goodwill the community has left. Um, hey, but if it, it helps them like, lose half their stock price, go, go for it. Well, I mean, that's part of this whole thing. Like, I think we talked, I don't know if it was last week or the week before or whatever, but like Magic 30 in Vegas was not a success by many, many, many accounts from people that were there. Yeah, like it was... I think we might have said this in the pre-show and I saw someone tweet about this. It was an interesting take that like people who are content creators and Mm -hmm. whose livelihood is tied up in magic, not being terrible. Yeah. We're like, Hey, this is a pretty cool event. 
but like it seemed like the normal people, the normies, yeah, were like, "This isn't all that good. This kind of sucked." Yeah, right. And it's it like okay, overly expensive. Um, the tables were simultaneously crowded and empty. <laughs> like apparently, the Commander Clash people from MTG Goldfish were playing not in the venue. Well, yeah, the like they charged an entry fee to get into the command zone, and it wasn't like ten bucks; it was like a hundred dollars or something. What? So everyone's like, "Yeah, we're not gonna do this," and they like went in the hallway of the event center and were like playing commander on the floor or organizing parties like in hotel lobbies. Yeah, like. But because they had this like whole section like roped off for the command zone, it put a super crunch on all of the side events. And like I saw some stuff that like a lot of there were a lot of side events that were like poorly run and like people were like waiting for their eighth for their draft, but then they like couldn't drop to like mm-hmm. go into another event. Yeah. And, stuff. and like there was some weird stuff with the event hall where they like got kicked out early and like couldn't finish events and stuff. Yeah. But like the reason I bring this up during my rant is because this was supposed to be like the getting back to playing paper magic event, right? It was supposed to be a celebration of everything that made magic great and kind of sucked. I mean, there's going to be one in Philly. They moved it from Charlotte to Philly. So they yeah. could have a bigger convention center. Yeah. And so like... I guess we'll see. P- part of me is like, I want to go. Kind of like part of me wanted to go to DreamHack. But then yeah. it's just kind of like, how is it going to turn out? Do I really want to do this? Like, yeah. do I want to like... Philly's like eight hours. Mm-hmm. It's a long time in a car. Yeah. To like go to maybe like an eh event. Right. So, yeah. Like, but yeah. From what I heard, it was like, again, like, if your livelihood was tied up on in on, like, people enjoying magic, you were like, this was awesome. And if you're just a normal person, you're like, this is bad. And it's like, yeah, I guess you have different uh, incentives if you're, like, mm-hmm. a streamer. Right. Like, please don't hate this game. Please come watch me. I need your donations. Please, yep. I need your donations. <laughs> Um, so the, the next thing that we have here is the uh, the Magic 30th Anniversary like booster packs, the proxies, mm-hmm. um, are kind of a disaster, and I don't think anybody knows what to make of them yet. We talked last week. I mentioned, I don't know if it was in the pre-show or the actual show, there was like a Mox Pearl that was graded that sold for like three grand. Yeah, which is just insanity. Yes. Well, so I guess like that turned out to not be a legitimate sale. Unsurprising. Somebody trying to run the price up. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a Mox jet that didn't, or that's I think sold for 800 bucks or something, which is considerably less than $3,000 for arguably a better Mox. Um, and then there's, so that's like a step, like the Pearl was a step in the up direction, and then the Jet was a step back in the down direction. But then there was a sold listing for a natural order, or not a natural order, 
Uh, what's the bird guy? The bird guy? Yeah, the green card, the bird guy, natural. Oh, God. I don't know. Natural connection? Uh, it's a reserveless beta card. Naturals, not natural state, not Jukai naturalist, naturalized. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, whatever it is. It's a card that didn't make it to revised. It was Alpha Beta Unlimited. It's on okay. reserve list. Um, that card, I think there was a sale for that card for like $80, where like you can buy a normal version of that card for less than $80. So you have like the Pearl that wasn't a legitimate sale. You've got the Jet that like maybe like a collector's edition might be worth like approximately Na what it sold for natural selection, natural selection. That's what it is. And then this natural selection like sold for more than what you can buy a legitimate one for this. So I don't, I don't think anybody like super knows what to make of this product yet. So other than like everybody seems to hate it. So your like description of, uh, like not a legitimate sale, like just like kind of pump and dump this. This sounds, this reminds me uh, of uh, NFTs, mm -hmm. right? Where like, you know, for six months, all we heard was like NFTs are the future, NFTs, NFTs. And now it's like, you know, uh, Justin Bieber's $1.3 million NFTs now worth 67,000 or 69,000. Right. And like it's like how many of these sales money did money actually change hands? Apparently, like yeah. remember like when Beeple sold like a, an NFT. I don't know if you know who Beeple is. I don't. But so Beeple is a digital artist. Who like his thing is he makes one piece of art every single day, and he's done it for okay. years. And so he sold an NFT of all of his uh, work for mm -hmm. some. Uh, uh, some crazy amount of money mm -hmm. uh, for $69 million. Ooh. And it turns out that the person that um, people sold it to, uh, he's like a business partner of. Oh, like they, okay. they've, they've worked <laughs> together, right? Yeah. So, right, it wouldn't surprise me if the like, you know, the $3,000 Pearl sale was yeah. like, I put Mox Pearl on eBay and I said, Hey James, bid this Mox Pearl up. Well, so like the weird thing about that sale is I guess now it's confirmed to like have been not a legitimate sale, mm -hmm. but it was from, I think the biggest magic seller on eBay. Hmm. It was a, a Kid Icarus sale. And I know like I bought stuff from Kid Icarus back, like way back when off eBay. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't surprise me if this kind of thing's happening. Like, if yes. you, let's say, you know, that you're a, a large Magic the Gathering purchaser, mm -hmm. right? And you, you know, passed out and hit, like, 100 on the keyboard and hit buy. And you're yeah. in for $100,000 of these stupid packs, right? Mm -hmm. It behooves you to be like, yo, I need, I need these uh, Moxon to sell for <laughs> like dumb money because I have bought way too many, much of this product.
and I need natural selections to sell for more than original natural selections because I have way too many of these. Yeah. Right? So, like, you know, it's it's an unregulated market, right? Like, just, like... Exactly, yeah. And there's not a... T- and no one knows how many of these things that there are, right? If you... I don't think anybody's ever going to know. Yeah, so, like... Even if they flop, Wizards is still going to say it was a massive success. But you don't know if there are a hundred new Mox Pearls, uh, right. heavy air quotes on Mox Pearls, uh, right. in the world, or if there are 10,000 new Mox Pearls in the world. Well, I think you can just call them Mox Pearl Proxies. Right. You don't know how many Mox Proxies there are. Yeah. Right? And so you're like, so, like, you don't know. Are th- should they be fifty dollars? Should they be five dollars? Should they be five thousand dollars? They're not. They shouldn't be five thousand dollars. But right, right. So like you're just in this weird place where you don't know, and like you're buying stuff on like very little information. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's but this whole product is not a good look. Um, yeah. I so th- like all all of that pump and dump like market manipulation stuff aside. I think like the general attitude towards this product is, is that it's garbage. Even from like finance people, um, I have heard that this product is just garbage and nobody wants to touch it. Mm-hmm. So Magic 30 Vegas seemed like kind of a bust when you talk to people on the street. Uh, the 30th anniversary packs seem like kind of a bust when you talk to you know, people who might be interested in this product. Plus some weird, sketchy stuff with yeah. like pump and dumps on prices. Also, one, one more thing um, about Magic Thirty. Yeah. What is, what is the thing that Wizards of the Coast does? They move cardboard, and so you right. spent extra money on your fancy Black Lotus package, and they mm-hmm. stuck in whatever company Wizards paid to stuff cards in bags. Apparently, mm-hmm. just folded them in half. <laughs> All these people yeah. were taking pictures of cards that were just mangled from yeah. where like i don't know they had some poor minimum wage worker and they were like you've got to stuff five thousand bags an hour and we're just like oh my god i gotta yeah. and just smashed a bunch of cards and it's like it's like oh yeah we'll, we'll send you a replacement and it's just like you could have not screwed it up in the first place yeah so just um, like little things like hey we value as a customer here's broken stuff in your swag bag <laughs> it's like thanks right um, and then last week in the pre-show, we talked a little bit about, we, it was like a whole finance pre-show, but we talked about the Hasbro stock being double downgraded by an analyst, mm-hmm. um, which then a bunch of news companies like picked up the story and did their own interviews and ran with and ended up with Hasbro taking a massive hit to their stock price. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I have yeah. seen some some people some magic nerds have now done a deep dive on the deep dive. Oh yeah. And like they he was go like it seems like some of the stuff you worked about was like I went to two targets in New York and they have just like a bunch of old magic product that hasn't sold. Right? Like so he may not have uh been the most uh uh as I may have speculated, maybe he plays magic. It's probably clear based on stuff that like he does not play magic and does not perhaps have the best window into the hobby. 
Yeah, I, I mean, we kind of talked about this in the pre-show last week, so mm-hmm. about how like that information might have been gathered or whatever. Um, I would find it suspect that whoever is, you know, making this sort of claim as a a finance analyst used stopping at two targets on their way to work as research. I don't, I don't know if I buy that. I I have not read the report. This is what I've seen multiple people say was found in the report, but I've not read it. Which makes me just as guilty as if it is faulty, like, you know, analysis Mm -hmm. as then all of the uh, all of the news organizations that ran with it and tweeted the story. And like, because, you know, the the, your your analyst on CNBC, Jim Cramer is like probably reading the headline (laughs) and then smashing the sell, sell, sell button. And like, is not like, huh, this is. Two targets, like, eh, that seems a little, eh. So, yeah. it might not have been but the best, but it is for, if you look at everything they've done for the last two years, right? We've all thought, like, okay, this is geared to one thing and one thing only, and that is Cash driving, rate. just driving the stock price up, right? Yeah. Make as much money as we can so we can go back to our shareholders and say, look, profits are up year over year, growth Yay. And their stock price has just like gone downhill. Like way off the deep end. 50% value loss over the course of a year. Like that is like fireable kind of levels of malfeasance. Yes. And I mean, yeah, that's almost legal territory. Like there's almost a claim for a lawsuit there. (laughs) Yeah. like, Like it is unbelievably bad and like it's kind of obvious they can't print their way out of this problem because Mm -hmm. they've tried for two years and it has caused the problem kind of what got them there yeah so So, like the common theme that like these three points that i've made so far is like they're burning a lot of a lot of the goodwill in the community. They're just incinerating it. This Magic 30 event was supposed to be this big celebration of 30 years of magic and a big celebration of getting back to paper events and seems like it was kind of a train wreck. And the 30th anniversary packs um, might have been a bad I- or a good idea under different circumstances with a different distribution plan or something, but the way they did it, like served to do absolutely nothing is, except money in their pockets and piss the community off. It is, I think the Magic 30 product is, or 30th anniversary product is like all comes down to price point, mm-hmm. right? If they, if they made it $50, people mm-hmm. were like, oh, super cool. I have a chance to get proxies for my commander deck. Yeah. Neat. At $100, they're still saying, people are still saying that, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, at $1,000, it just looks greedy. And, like, you know, this product is not for me kind of thing. And it's like, well, who who is this product for? Yep. Um, Yeah, like, and also, like, to go even a little bit further back, right? Like, Like, what they did to organize play over the course of, like, from, like, 2018 to now... Yeah. Where, like, every six months to a year, they renamed stuff. They, like, made a league and then didn't promote it and didn't, 
like actually turn people over in it and right. just like organized play went from this thing that you know when we started the podcast almost four years ago now <laughs> um right that like we were doing episodes on hey this is what we're gonna play at this tournament like we did a whole episode on like a legacy sideboard guide for for like green black depths right yep. And I mean, like at the time we were traveling to multiple weekend events a month. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh hey, there's a there's a PTQ like three hours away. Like, okay, we can do that. Um and like COVID, you know, notwithstanding, like I have no idea when there has been a PTQ around us. I think there was one in Florence this past weekend. Okay. I think. I think I heard that. <laughs> I, we used to like go get the schedule and check, and yeah, now I mean, we're like we, we would like have a party where we all sat down and planned out what events we would mm-hmm. be going to for the the upcoming year. And now and now it's I think I heard a guy say there was like an <laughs> event at Florence maybe, right? Yeah. And so like that's just very different, and like they they kind of burnt the goodwill from the um from the competitive players and they're mm-hmm. trying to get it back, but you've like so injured it. It's hard to get those players back. And then mm-hmm. magic 30 is like, honestly geared more towards casual players, I think. Yep. And you burnt them. Yep. Uh, magic 30th anniversary is just an abomination. So you burn mm-hmm. everyone. Right. And then, that has all culminated in the double downgrade in your stock, in your stock price going down fifty percent, which now you've burnt your shareholders. So you've just—they've yep. just taken a blowtorch to like <laughs> all of their constituencies. Well, so th- there was some more news that came out on Friday. Okay, that uh, Card Conjurer is uh, yes. a site where you can make custom cards. And honestly, that's mostly what it's used for is making custom cards, cards that don't exist. Like the, uh, the, the famous star Wars cube that somebody mm-hmm. made. That's all like star Wars themed with custom cards. Yep. Those cards that Brian's holding up right there are Patreon givebacks that I made using card conjurer. Um, if you're watching our YouTube video, our custom cards with our faces there are, were made on card conjurer. Um, they got a cease and desist because mm-hmm. you can also use it to make pretty realistic looking proxies if you wanted to. We, and James is a good member of the community. He has the backs are always our, our, our logo. Yeah. So no one's going to see one of these and be like, Oh, this might be a real magic card. Yeah, no, definitely so, not. So good job. <laughs> but yeah, definitely like not a real magic card. You could, you could use it to make proxies and people did that. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, um, I mean, that it comes a really suspicious timing where Wizards has decided to get into the proxy game themselves mm-hmm. and sell thousand dollar booster boxes with four packs of proxies in them. And uh, oh, yeah, by the way, little guy with a website, close your site down. Yeah, you're infringing on our copyrights. It's like. He's been doing this for a while. It's weird that it just kind of like came out and was like, hey. Yeah, I mean, Card Conjurer has been up for 
years, years, years. Like, hey, don't do that. Um, yeah. yeah, like, I know that they're, they're, uh, they're not proxies, but the, um, oh gosh, words are hard. The, all the secret layers are like, mm -hmm. they're, they're, I think we, we settled on they're more like altars, but they're, they're in the same space though. Yeah. But like, it's a way for you to like customize your deck to show some personality and mm -hmm. card conjurer allowed you to do that same thing where mm -hmm. you could customize your deck in some way, right? Like maybe you love the tattoo pithing needle art, mm -hmm. but all of the cards in your deck were old border. So you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use card conjurer to put this art in the old border. I'm going to print it in, you know, with like a, this is a fake card back on it, and I would have mm -hmm. put it in my commander deck. And if someone wants to give me crap, I can be like, no, no, here I have the card, but everything else in my deck is old border, so I'm just trying to keep up an aesthetic, right? Yeah. And now Wizards like, no, 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 no. We need you to get that aesthetic from us uh, in very limited drop windows or from the secondary market. Thank you very much. Or insanely priced in booster packs. Yes, yes. It, or like realistically, that I think, I think you're right about secret layers, but I think like what Card Conjurer was taken down for um, was not competing with secret layers. I it's think it was competing with proxies, mm -hmm. um, specifically because the Magic Thirty packs don't have a Magic back on them. Yes. Um. Which kind of tells me two things. Number one is they don't care about community goodwill anymore because they just incinerated a whole bunch more of it. Mm -hmm. There was a, a whole lot of people that used Card Conjurer. And I know for a fact that I was not the only one that was upset when uh, the guy that ran it announced that it was shutting down. Mm -hmm. um, there was a, a pretty large outcry when that happened. Um, yeah. But also, like what does that say for the future? Like if they're going to put resources, e even if I understand it doesn't take a whole lot to send a cease and desist out, but that's still time that they had to pay a lawyer to draft a cease mm -hmm. and desist and drop it in the mailbox and send out. Um, if they're willing to take the time to do that, what does, does that give us any hints about like what wizards might be doing in the future? I mean, like I would not doubt if this was some, some stunt that they tried to pull again. I mean, like, how legal is Scryfall? Well, so that was a, I don't know if you had seen me tweet that out no. or not. <laughs> that was a, so when this news broke, I kind of went on a spree and mm -hmm. uh, left a whole bunch of nasty comments all over the internet. Good job. Uh, but that that was one of the things that I said is that it would be, it would be a real shame if uh, somebody made an archival database that was searchable, that had every version of every card, um, like Scryfall, like exactly like Scryfall, except mm -hmm. instead of linking the art for cards from Gatherer that's not in a very high resolution or appropriately scaled for printing, uh, maybe was in a very high digitally rendered 
uh, configuration in appropriate scaling for printing. Or, like, I don't know, like, you could, in theory, take... Now, you couldn't add new art, but you could Mm -hmm. take, like, every version of every card and just, like, have, like have card conjurer put them all together mm-hmm. and just like be able to search for like you know pithing needle and it's just like every combination of frame and yeah like ah, oh. yeah but like uh you know i don't know exactly the ins and outs of like does scryfall like pull the image off of like gatherer so it's fine but like scryfall is using wizard's art yeah and it's, um i think like all of all of the companies use the same general um like framework for rules text card art oracle text whatever mm-hmm. whether it's tcg player channel fireball card kingdom uh scryfall basically any site where you can look up a magic card i think all pulls from the same same database Okay. So the card image is always the same. The text is always the same. The collector number is always the same. Um, I, I I am not a web developer. I don't know all the Neither, ins and outs. But, but I, I guess I guess my my thing was is if Watsi decided one day that having people go to Scryfall takes traffic away from Gatherer, and so. We're gonna I mean, make. Have you spent a whole lot of time on Wizards' website? They probably want the traffic off of Gatherer. <laughs> this is fair. It's fair. Like Gatherer kind of doesn't function, but if you like, if they one day were like Scryfall, no, cease and yeah. desist. We want people to have to use Gatherer, right? Mm-hmm. Like it. It is a slippery slope if they're going to kind of going after this guy. Yeah. And now, like for. You know, again, like, just, oh, you're making, you're making fake cards and we want to make fake cards now. Yeah. But like what, like you said, like, like, I guess there's two paths, right? There's the, like, is Wizards going to go like hard against like everyone who uses their, like, cause like I got, a, we got a lot of thumbnails that are like mm-hmm. random art that I pulled off the internet with like the Brothers War logo and the yeah. set symbol, right? Like, well, are they gonna... with most of the thumbnails that I've made, um, I try and use artwork from Wizards Media Kits, like the WPN Media Kits. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's that stuff is already approved for like community use. Man, you're so good. I I just Google, uh, <laughs> but but I Google and hope. Cross my fingers. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's. It's one of those things that, like, so there's the, they go hard, and they kind of go after everyone, and then does, does this mean that they want this guy out of the proxy space because they're going to be releasing, you know, uh, Arabian Nights proxies and mm-hmm. Legends proxies and, you know, Magic the Gathering, the early years, and it's like mm-hmm. an Arabian Nights Legends Antiquities mashup. And then I mean, they're going to have, yeah. like, you know, the the Urza War. And it's just, like, proxies of all of the Urza's stuff. It was like, hey, here's some Gaia's Cradles because they're a thousand bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that could be the way they're going. Yep. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. So, not not a good look. It is, yep. like, just, like, bad after bad for a bit now. Yeah. So, kind of, the theme of my rant is that uh, Wizards is incinerating goodwill, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everything that I have talked about has, is recent news that we've talked about on the show, and I'm sure you guys are all sick of hearing about it all. But, like, they're just lighting their player base on fire and using it to fuel who knows what earnings reports. I, I don't even know anymore. Um, so I have a little story for you. Um, I was actually kind of excited about Brothers War. Um, it seems like there's some cool cards in there. I'm a big fan of old borders. There's all the retro border stuff. Um, I thought the old border commander techs were kind of cool. And like you guys all know that I've had kind of a love-hate relationship with Magic for the last couple of years, and I kind of stopped buying sealed product. Um, I was actually kind of looking forward to, you know, picking up some sealed product and maybe cracking a couple booster packs of this set because I haven't opened a booster pack in forever. So I was out uh, flying my drone this weekend, and there's a big field behind Target where I like to fly my drone. Um, So when I was done flying, I said, you know what, I'm going to stop by Target and you know, pick up a couple boosties and crack a couple for old time's sake. So I walk into Target and I'm standing in front of the aisle and they got fat packs and they got collector boosters, set boosters, draft boosters, commander decks. And uh, I think I decided that I don't want to give Wizards any money anymore. Oh, man. Yep. So I I didn't like it just ruined. I, I had been excited to open some sealed product from this set and uh, I just decided not to. I think they've uh, they made me angry. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean won't, they won't listen to what I say, so I'm just not gonna buy anything from them anymore. I mean, like to the point where I almost don't want to buy singles until like after the product's out of print, just to make sure that my dollars are not spent on anything that would like trickle back to wizards. <laughs> um, I mean, there is part of me, like I, I had mentioned in the pre-show, that like. I got like this big order of a bunch of stuff that I like didn't even open. Like mm-hmm. it's just like I got like here's uh, a box of uh uh what are they called? Attractions. It's just, <laughs> just chilling here. It's been on my desk since it showed up. I have like an envelope full of like cards. Like yeah. I keep buying cards to like have for my collection. But I also don't know when, like, I'm going to utilize my collection. Right. And, like, Wizards has done nothing to make me want to utilize my collection. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we said, like, it used to be, like, you know, I'm going to go to f and And now I know that part of it is, like, I'm perhaps overly cautious uh, about, like, COVID and getting sick for the baby and whatnot. But yeah. there's still just, like, like, I'm, like borderline but like wizards has done nothing to like push me over the edge for me to be like you know what i want to do i want to like go play like fnm every friday yeah like they sit in a room with a bunch of nerds yeah there's just been nothing that has like they've done nothing to like push me over that edge mm-hmm. right and like i don't know what it would take but i think it would perhaps just like 
making magic matter more. Yeah. Because, like, it just doesn't matter as much. Yep. And so there's, like, kind of one more thing. Okay. Um, and we, we talked about it just a, just a little bit in the pre-show. Um, but DreamHack was this weekend. I heard. And there was there was live coverage of Paper Magic. I had no idea. Yeah, well, this was another thing that I was excited about. I think that I had heard, I was listening to, like, the Arena Decklist podcast, and I think they recorded it on Tuesday or Wednesday, and they were like, oh, yeah, there's coverage for DreamHack. I think they're going to, like, announce the coverage teams, like, in two days. So, like, literally, yeah. like, as the event was starting. Yeah. It's like, oh. Um, I don't know if any of you guys watched it or not. It was, uh, I decided, decidedly not great. <laughs> um, it was, like, I don't know, it was put on strangely. Like, I was expecting OG magic coverage, right? Like, me. Obviously, we're not going to have Cedric and P. Sully because they've moved on to bigger and better things. But, you know, maybe maybe some B teams like in the booth with a suit, like talking, talking magic, sitting down with people, doing deck techs, whatever. Nope. It was uh, streamed on a delay so that the coverage team could watch it and then do commentary over the top and then spit back out. Uh, commentary was... I'm assuming not wearing any pants because they were at home, not at the event. And the not seeing anything bad about anybody. I don't follow most of these people, but I think the only person that was worth listening to was PV. Everybody else was cringy and awkward and did not produce good, good commentary. Not that I could do better. It's just not what I was looking for from magic coverage. And that's kind of a shame. Like DreamHack was supposed to be like PT replacement, right? Isn't that what DreamHack is? Or is like the new PT PT? DreamHack. So like. So these are the, an RPTQ, right? These are the regional championships. Yeah. So basically, and this is another thing that kind of sucks, right? It used to be that you or I could go to a GP and play in a mm -hmm. GP-sized event. That's what these RCs are now, are effectively GPs that you have to qualify to play in the main event. Yeah. And then from there, you can, like, qualify for, like, there's a, I think there was, like, a chunk that qualified for, like, the PT, and then if mm -hmm. you were, like, at the top half of that chunk, you qualified for the thing above the PT as well. Yeah, and like, I think you qualify for Worlds from this also. Yeah, but, like, you, like, you know, it's it's a little harder to get, like, you know, it's a little harder to, to get in the car and drive three hours yeah. to qualify for, effectively, a GP. Yeah. And it's like, hey, like, there's... You want to go play in a 700 person, uh, you want to qualify to go play in a 700 person, uh, PT? No. No, I do not. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like cool to like play, like to just show up and play in a 700 person event yeah. that like you could feel good about finishing like 70th. 
or a hundredth or something. But like, do you want to like grind to qualify for this RC? Right. That is huge. And it's like, no, I don't really want to do that thing. I was trying to see who the, uh, who the coverage team was. I wasn't super impressed with coverage. Mm -hmm. Um, like so much that I turned it off and like, I, I was excited for paper coverage for a magic event and it was, it was just bad. Like, because it was on a delay, there was like a bunch of gameplay mistakes that the players didn't catch and the judges didn't catch that like were randomly caught, you know, 10 minutes after the round ended because that's when it went up on stream and like chat decided to inform the commentators that there was a, you know, game state violation that happened that like, a card should have been exiled and then wasn't and like ended up being eaten out of a graveyard later for value and like all, all types of stuff that like would never have happened in old magic. Um, so that was awkward. Um, like commentary stuff aside, we talked about that a lot in the pre-show. If you guys want to want to hear that rent, sign, sign up for Patreon and listen. To yeah, the there pre-show. we go. Um, but there was some more stuff that was wrong with this event. I also heard there was only like five floor judges. Oh, I I didn't hear that, but yeah, sure, we'll throw that on the pile too. <laughs> like I I had heard something where there weren't like a ton of floor judges. I also saw Autumn Burchett tweet that like it was a difficult environment to play. Yeah, because it was like you know you've got like Valorant tournaments going on in the hall, so like. You know, usually like a magic tournament, there is like a, a din of people talking and stuff. Yeah. But like, I can't imagine like boom, 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 you know, kill yeah. streak being like screamed like over speakers as like you're trying to like figure out if you should like double block this stupid creature. Yeah, that was part of what I heard is that it was really loud in there, um, made it hard to concentrate. I also heard that it was and we kind of looked at the floor map and. I guess deduced this already, but it was like shoved way in the back in a corner of the convention hall. So space was super limited. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they decided to reduce the table size to fit more tables in to accommodate more players. So like players play mats were like hanging off the edges of tables and they were like crammed next to each other to try and get games in. Like there wasn't enough room to actually play your games. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I guess there was people that didn't realize you had to purchase a DreamHack ticket to get in on top of your entry into the event. So there were a lot of very angry people that paid way more money than they were expecting. I'm sure there was people that didn't go or didn't get in because of that, but there was a lot of people that were angry that ended up paying a bunch more money than they were expecting to. I I saw those tweets when, like, the emails were sent out that was like, hey, like, you have to, like, pay to get in and then pay an entry fee. Yeah. And people were like, what the heck? Like, I qualified for this tournament. Why are you now making me pay to play it? Right. And it's like... And then, on top of that, um, you had mentioned, like, likening this to a GP, which I think Mm -hmm. is a pretty fair comparison. Um, for three years later, do you know the tournament structure for a Grand Prix or what a Grand Prix used to be? What a Grand Prix used to be? Yeah. What do you mean? Like what, what, what was day one? Uh, nine. How many well, rounds? Uh, 
it ended up being eight rounds if and then you did one extra round that was like day two mm-hmm. right so it was effectively nine rounds day one he played yep. 15 then, rounds total and then there was top eight yep and that was the same for every gp it was uh because these are all being run by different tournament organizers the tournament structures are different for them what and i heard that this was an absolutely abysmal tournament structure like for the majority of people there was no reason to continue playing after a certain point in the tournament despite them having a decent record um i don't know i don't know what the specifics were but i saw a lot of complaints about the tournament structure also just being awful um well i mean Oh, this is the okay, magic. This is the magic showdown. So is that what they were calling the like thing you qualified for, like the RC? Oh, I don't know. Uh, so you know, there's regional championship. So there was like the magic showcase showdown, which I can't even see like what the heck this even is. Uh, yeah, this must be it. So hundred thirty thousand dollar regional championship by invitation only, and then. Below it, they call it the Magic Showdown, $130,000 payout. So, uh, first place got thirty grand, a World's Invite, a Pro Tour Invite, and uh, in whatever, an, an RC number two invite. So, they get invited to the next RC. Second mm-hmm. place, a 15000 World's Pro Tour RC. Uh, it paid to 64th place. Now, it does... Give you a pro tour invite down to 48th place. Okay. So that's good. Pro tour invites used to only be for the top eight, but we had like a GP every weekend. Right. So I guess that that changes the math somewhat. But like, yeah, like I got like a hundred bucks for finishing a hundred and something. Like the pay to like 64th place is kind of brutal. Yeah. Right, so yeah, like I could see you being like ten and like nine and three, and just being like, "Why am I gonna bother?" Like I can't. There's like no way I'm gonna finish like in the top sixty-four. Yep. Just like okay, I can like start home now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's like that is so weird that if you did the RC in Atlanta. And you did the RC, or you did the RC in Europe. You were playing in two different tournament structures that led to the same thing, right? Yep. That's super weird, right? Well, I mean, tournament structures um, dictated by the tournament organizer. <sighs> it's not run by wizards. It's I... run by whatever tournament organizer. Wizards doesn't have any say in their OP system anymore. <laughs> Then why did we hire Huey? Uh, to, to build, I, I don't know about build this system, but to put this system together. <laughs> and like He put the system together and was like, well, if you don't need me anymore, I'm going to go uh, back his, to having... His job super... was to outsource people. <laughs> exactly. 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 Like, I'm just going to like outsource this and, we're, and then you're going to like bring me on to daily MTG every so often. Yeah. And like, I will have the power of being Huey. Yeah, As, and people will have to listen to me, but yeah, that seems uh, 
that seems no good that it's not like a uniform system. Yeah. So, all in all, the the take home is that um, it feels like it feels like as we as we've been told over the years that like uh, this product is not for you. Mm-hmm. Eventually, like. Magic is working very hard to make the entire Magic product not for us. Yeah. Right? Just not for the players. And that was, apparently, I didn't see this again. This was an Arena Deckless thing that I heard. That, like, poor Blake was, like, getting battered by yeah. people on, on Daily MTG. And yeah. he was like, well, you know, you just, like, you know, not every product's for you. Skip the products that, like, you don't want to engage with. And that's fine. And people just started writing in the comments, like, well, Magic's not not a product for me anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess I should skip out on Magic since Magic is not a product for me. Yeah, I... and and that is the risk you run when like you do this kind of thing. If mm-hmm. they did one thing a year that was like kind of like the From the Vaults, that was like, hey, this Give is our back to the community a little bit. Hmm. Give them back to the community a little bit. Oh, see, I was going the other way. Of oh, like, okay. hey, this is our one thing where we're going to go whale hunting. Well, I, I mean, the From the Vaults were giving back to the community, though. They I were mean, sold to the, game to, the, to the LGSs at a set price. There was a limited number of them, and they said, okay, this is our gift to you guys. Make as much money as you want to on mm-hmm. this. But like at that point, then, then the LGS is hunting their local whale. Right. 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 But if wizards like wanted to say, you know what, we need to whale hunt once a year, we're going to do a thing that is blatantly whale hunting. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the products we're going to release are going to be for our entire player base. Yeah. People wouldn't feel like they're getting alienated and that like magic wasn't for them. Right. But if every product you have to stop and go like, is this product for me? Right. And have to like make that, like make that conscious thought, right. That eventually you just get to like, I don't want to make this decision anymore. I'm just going to default to no. (laughs) I'm going to default to no. And then I will come back. Maybe I'll be yes at a later point. Yeah. Right. And that's just like, not good for their business model long term. No, I mean, like I said, I am I am very very close to the point where I don't want to give them a dollar anymore. I mean, and we're... I would wait and I would almost wait until a product is out of print before I bought singles from that product. Do I do I need to get Anthony on the phone to uh, start up casual try hard flesh and blood? <laughs> I just gotta gotta dust him off. Gotta can we get some New Zealand magic on the phone, please? <laughs> uh, oh, crikey! It's like no, that's Australian. Dang it! Uh, close, close, close enough. enough. Close. Yeah. Now, now we're gonna get like we're gonna get our houses firebombed by someone from New Zealand who's like, that's not close enough. Probably. Uh. But um. Yeah, like. But like, I feel like there's like. If you look at like the flesh and blood stuff, there's a lot of magic pros that mm-hmm. have found their way to flesh and blood. 
Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of magic pros that are like trying to hang on to magic being like, look at me. I commander now. <laughs> and it's like, no, oh, I wonder who that digs at. <laughs> Pick someone. Yeah. Like any number of people. Right. Like Captain America, human in a bear suit or bear in a human suit. <laughs> uh, like any <laughs> number of people of are yeah. like doing are doing this now. And it's like. It's like, yeah, you didn't care about this until like the thing you actually cared about and were good at evaporated. And you're yeah. like, huh, do I have to get a real job or can I come up with some <laughs> way to not have a real job still? Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I would rather play commander than punch a time clock. So all right, I got to learn how to shuffle a hundred yeah, cards. Here it is. Yeah. Right. Like the big you, bear hands out. Yeah. You, you start with Yorion as like the <laughs> gateway deck. You get used to shuffling 80 and then you can transition up to a hundred. Then you shuffle your sideboard in. Yeah, and then you shuffle your sideboard in. <laughs> right. Playing mill, you get used. Yeah. You get. You got to get used to it, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what you're doing in Hasbro Land, Wizards of the Coast Land. If like the thing that you were doing was printing all the cards all the time to make money. And printing mm -hmm. all the cards all the time doesn't make you money. Right. Like, what have you done? Like. Jump the shark. I, hey, I got a short <laughs> where we jump I, a shark. I responded to one of Wizards tweets over the weekend with Wizards jump the shark. There you go. They were try, trying to plug Brothers War on Arena or something. And I said, you guys jump the shark. Yeah. I like, got like 10 likes on that tweet. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. Last time I interacted with someone on like uh, something on the Wizards thing, I had Jace the Mind Sculptor come at me and call me, call me say I was a scrub because I, <laughs> I thought uh, I look like a genius because I was like, you know, getting rid of buys for playing at the local level in these events like diminishes the value of playing at the local level. Mm -hmm. right you want to give people like a clear like ladder of like you play fnm that makes it so then you can move on to this next level and mm -hmm. get some sort of bonus for grinding your fnms or maybe convince somebody to play in a gp if like they incidentally earn some buys like oh man i have a buy like i might as well go yeah right like oh Jason the Mind Sculptor says, well, maybe get good. If you were better, you wouldn't. It's like, okay, fine. So I don't have places to play like Jace. You're from, you, you like, you can go anywhere. You're a planeswalker. Like, I'm surprised you can't find you an LGS. Go in outer space. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have an LGS where you are, Jace. But like, it's like, no, like there's no longer, there used to be a thread, no matter how like weak, right? Mm -hmm. That tied F&M, to the pro tour that you watched four times a year on Twitch, yep. right? And I could clearly, like, you could say, like, if I, like, start climbing this ladder, if I follow this thread, maybe I can get here, right? Or I can at least make my way up the ladder somewhere and feel like I have, like, a chance to do that thing, right? I mean... 
a couple better draws and like you you top 16 or top 8 that that uh Modern Horizons GP right yep. if uh, I didn't play against some of the slowest players in the history of mankind <laughs> maybe I don't get three draws and I get some W's instead yep. and like you know I finish way better in that GP and like oh man like I finished like 50th like okay like big improvement now this is a stepping stone I can use to go to the next thing right Right. And like, oh, like I'm I'm hot. I gotta keep doing this, right? And now like they've just destroyed all that. And it's like, hey, how about you drive all around your local area to qualify for this GP? Oh cool, so I don't have to pay to get in? No 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 no. No, you gotta pay to get in the room and then you gotta pay and to the event. And the event. But I qualified for the event. You qualified for the right to hand us some money. <laughs> well, that yeah. sounds like a terrible qualification. But do you want to go to the Pro Tour? I like the sound of the words Pro Tour. What about qualify for the World Championships? I want to be a world champ. Okay, fine. Right? But at some point in the not-too-distant future, people are going to be like, man, that was a really bum deal. Mm-hmm. Right? How many people that heard about you had to pay to get into DreamHack and then pay to like do the thing at DreamHack like to pay are gonna be like you know what i'm not gonna like spend a bunch of time to drive around to all these events yeah right like they're the they're like the hardcore like grinders that like will just continue but like magic can't survive off the hardcore grinders right they need those people Obviously, that like that's why they wrecked the system last time yeah magic couldn't survive off the grinders but like you need the people that are like i've played a couple fnms and I'm going to go to this, like, whatever PTQ thing, mm-hmm. right, or RCQ thing. But then, like, their friend's like, yeah, man, like, if you qualify, you got to spend, like, 70 bucks to get into DreamHack and then, like, 50 bucks to get into the tournament. And then we're like, dude, I don't have 120 bucks to spend after I drove three hours to play in, like, a stinky karate gym. Yeah, plus had to travel to this event, plus get a hotel room. Yeah. Plus food. Right? Like, it just seems, it seems like they're, they've not done a whole lot to, like, move the, like, it seems like they wanted to throw all the casual players into Commander. Mm-hmm. And then, I guess if, like, you got, you competitive 60 card people are still around, I guess we'll throw something together for you. So like yeah. maybe you'll buy boxes from time to time. Or we'll let somebody else throw something together. Exactly. For you. We'll bring Huey in so he can make some phone calls and find some people that want to do this. Yeah. And there's also the like question of like, does like I don't know how long the Dream Hack contract is, but I have like, no idea. what if Dream Hack runs into the same problem that? channel fireball and star cities did right like i don't think from their website i don't think they had like you know 30 vendors paying them like booth fees yeah and stuff no idea like if you're dream hacker you like man i would make way more money if this table space was more seating for a league uh for a league event or more seating for the new modern warfare game Mm-hmm. or something right like so are they gonna be like you know what this isn't worth doing yeah I, I don't know 
So, yeah, it's sad, right? Because we've, like, we've seen magic just in the last, like, four years just slowly but surely alienate seemingly everyone. Yeah, it's, I think I said in Discord the other day that uh, it's basically a a leaning tower of garbage that's finally toppled. (laughs) He, He was really heated about losing his card conduit or whatever it is. Card, card conjurer. conjurer. Uh, that, I mean, I think that was even before that news. But like, you know, if you're trying to like make everything for casual players and then like trying to like take all their money from them at your yeah. your event and then also uh, like those players are like, can you please stop printing so much stuff for my format? And no. you're like, No. <laughs> We want to give you multiple commander decks a year or a set plus then your own commander release. Bubba, and we're going to put 35 legends in every set. <laughs> I remember when legends were like three a set. They like meant something. No, Lauren of the third path. What does Lauren do? No one knows. <laughs> Why do I? What? I actually don't think we can fit enough legends in the actual set. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to put some that you can only get in set and collector boosters. You can't get in draft boosters. And then we're going to put some more that you can only get in jumpstart boosters. But then we're also going to do a jumpstart set with more legends in it. So I was informed today uh, because in Discord, people were posting pictures of cards. And I asked as we were doing stuff at the start of the show... Where are these cards coming from? And I was informed there were spoilers. I had mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah. I watch, like, I go through Mythic Spoiler for, like, every spoiler season. I go check it out. Or I check out the videos that come out for, like, spoilers. And who in their right mind was like, yo, we should do spoilers the week of Thanksgiving. It's not like <laughs> any... You know what? You know what happens happened on a Sunday? The biggest sporting event in the world started right before Thanksgiving. Let's start our spoiler season right then. That sounds awesome. Yep. People are going to really see this. But, like, I had no idea. Right? Like, how does that... How do I go from, like, knowing... Again, I used to know all the set releases. And now Mm -hmm. it's like, you can't know all the set releases. It's impossible to. Right? Like, what, like, what other business has the model of, like, could you imagine if, like, a video game company just released so many games you never knew when they were coming out? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, hey, um, like, we're going to release 35 Call of Duties this year. What? Why? <laughs> I, ju- I just got the last one. Don't worry, one. Some, some of them aren't for you. <laughs> yeah, some of them aren't for you. Here's the $4,000 steel pack, uh, yeah. no, uh, no noob version. Uh, <laughs> that one, that one's probably not for you cause you're a noob. Um, here's the $8,000 deluxe streamer edition that lets you use wall hacks. Sweet. Um, <laughs> right. And it's just like, uh, right. Like a, even EA that releases a ton of games they are like, okay, we're going to spend two months hyping up this game and then we're going to release it. Wizards has so many products, they're like, we're going to spend 
three days hyping up this product, <laughs> and then we're going to release it, and then we're going to let it breathe for two days, and then we're going to get right back. Then we're going to send Blake out there on Daily MTG and go, hey, here are some more products for you, and no one's going to care. Yep. So I want to care again, man. <laughs> well, like, I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. The uh, you mentioned the Blake thing on Daily MTG. Mm-hmm. Um, that stream came out the same day as the uh, Hasbro stock analyst thing. Oh no! And yeah, that's why Chat was ripping him a new one because now all of the stuff that every Magic player has been saying forever is validated by a suit behind a desk punching a keyboard saying this is the way it is, right? So and, and a suit that made you that made your company lose ten percent of its value, right? So, chat was really railing Blake, I guess, about you know, pace of releases, products aren't for me, blah 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 blah. And like, do you know what his answer was? I, I heard it was like some of these products aren't for you. Yeah, his answer was, I suggest that you only purchase products that you're interested in. And then people were like, I'm not interested in magic anymore. Exactly. Oh man, we could have bought the dip. It's it's up uh it's up five dollars since the bottom. Hasbro is? Yeah, dang it. But don't worry, it went up five dollars from the bottom and now it's slowly working its way back down. I'm sure. I don't know. I, I just think they've pissed too many people off. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what the game is anymore. It's Extremely frustrating. Yeah, it is wild. Like looking at their stock price, I brought up the five year. What is, what is the maximum? Uh, oh, okay. The maximum goes back to like nineteen eighty uh, something, uh, nineteen eighty two. But if you look at like fi- the five year, it was ninety four dollars a share in two thousand seventeen. It got all the way up to one hundred eighteen dollars. In nineteen in two thousand nineteen, and then COVID happened. <clears throat> Sorry, COVID happened, mm-hmm. and it went down to forty six, and then yeah. it just made a slow march back up to where it had been historically, right around a hundred. Got up to one hundred and two. Beginning of this year, it was one hundred and two, mm-hmm. and it's just fallen off a cliff. Yep. So, like, it's just like crazy i mean what happened this year yeah i don't know (laughs) but like you could see when did they start secret layers did they start them last year or the year before year before they started them in 2020 yeah right so like so like things crater you start doing secret layers Mm -hmm. right around like december right that was the first one yep right and then like you get a year of that basically and then people are like, I'm done. And it just falls off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Right? Like a year of just going nuts. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, it's not just secret layers, though. I mean, it's Yeah, every- this is true. I mean, there's there's a Fox Business uh, segment. Uh, Hasbro's from. Magic the Gathering collectible cards suffer a magic crash. Ooh. And, like, yeah, it's just funny, like, how, like, all this stuff. Uh, 
oh man, it's it's a cons- got a consensus rating of hold right now. With uh, based on four buys, four holds, and one sell rating. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I wish that we could figure out that they could figure out a way to like make the figure out how they can make money and make people happy. Yeah. And I know that's a huge ask. I guess it's like the, the key to all business is to make money and make people happy. Yep. Right. Cause happier people are more likely to give you money for sure. But I mean, I was plenty happy giving them the money for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I keep buying cards and I'm just like, what am I going to use these for? Yep. But like, I, I am currently conditioned, but like I buy way less cards now. Like, I think there were, like, four cards I went... Like, I think I went through the list. There's, like, four cards I want from this set that are... That I went for, like, perhaps constructive play. And then I bought a bunch of, like, cards for my cube. But that's, like, it. It's just, like, okay, this doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So. (sighs) Well, with all of that fun and excitement, I think we have a show. I hope so. My voice is starting to go. Yeah. (laughs) So... If you want to tell us that, in fact, magic is for, for us, you can do that on uh, all of our social media links that you can find in the description below, Facebook, Twitter, Discord. You can, you can tell us why we're wrong and why magic is for everyone. Yeah, or if you want to listen to me jump off the deep end, head on over to Discord. I do it not super regularly, but often enough. Um, also want to pay a special mention to our YouTube channel. Like I said, at the top of the show, Brian's been doing some limited content there. It goes up Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, this show is posted there on Thursdays, the live version with video, so you can take a peek at us while we're talking at you. And then on Tuesdays, I started recording some just kind of funsy, casual, constructed stuff. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a grab bag, whatever I feel like playing. So head on over there, check it out. If there's anything in particular that you want to see me play, you can uh, post that up also. Yeah. Um, if you want to support the show, two ways to do it. First is TCG Player through our affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Follow that link on over to TCG Player. Anything you purchase will get a percentage of to help keep the show going. If you want to support us more directly, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. And chip a couple bucks in if you like the product that we, uh, the product, the content that we put out. And uh, you can put on my mailing list when I have... Uh, little givebacks to send you guys you also get to listen to our pre-show and you get access to our show notes so if you want to show us how much you appreciate us that's a way you can do that patreon.com slash schedule try mtg all right so with that we'll catch you on the internet we'll catch you on the internet's <laughs>